and gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how you doing? Um, I'm, I have recently become unplagued, That's... as in I've recovered from COVID. Very mild case, thankfully. Yeah, thank um, God. Caught while at Dragon Con, surprisingly. Surprisingly, being around like 50,000 people has a high <laughs> chance of catching a plague so you know yeah. who to thunk it and i'm shocked i wasn't the one to get it yeah and yeah you know we sh- shared a room in a you know a couple of car drives and yeah and i never got it. it yeah so and also with us is mr david davis david how are you doing buddy i am doing well i just got back from uh, clerks three awesome enjoyable yeah yeah i think it's uh, if you're a fan of like kevin smith yeah it's, it's a fun one I'm a fan of the Clerks movies, I'll say that. What about Dogma? Okay, yeah, Dogma as well. Okay, there you go. Because, I mean, it's got a shit demon. (laughs) You can't turn down a shit demon. Mm -hmm. So, this is... Well, first off, thank you everyone for your patience. We were out due to Dragon Con and Mike's illness and me being run down after the convention. So, we are back. And we are at the top of our game, and we are going to be talking uh, before we even get started. Awful bold claim there, Cotton. I know. But we are back, and we're going to be talking about local cryptids, like we said we would the last time we did a Weekend Weird. And I am going to go ahead and start it off. I think we've all got something chosen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to start off. I originally was going to do this one about a Mississippi Bigfoot, and I realized, you know what? We, I've talked about Mississippi Bigfoot a bit, and I don't really want to talk about the skunk ape or Mississippi Mudfoot. And I found something that, unless you're a fan of Willie Morris's books, you may not have heard this story The Witch of Yazoo City. Hmm. So this story takes place in 1884. Uh, there was a, let's see here. There was a old woman that on nights would lure, uh, fishermen and sailors into her home along the Yazoo River and poison them with arsenic and then bury them on a densely wooded hill. And, uh, it's, the thing says this was her hobby, but it's although... It's queen shit. What's it's that? queen shit. It's queen shit. Queen shit, yes. <laughs> but although, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it means she being a queen. Oh, okay. Yes, queen. Yep. yep All right. That's it. <laughs> okay. So in 1884, a boy named Joe Bob Duggett, you know, this is in <clears throat> Mississippi already, uh, heard someone screaming. And we, when he went and peeked in the windows, he saw two men drop dead on the floor. And the witch starts doing a, uh, like chanting and waving her arms around and dancing and doing these horrible uh, incantations and everything. So he jumps on his raft and floats back down to Yazoo and tells the sheriff uh, what he saw. And they all run up there and uh, inside the the house is a bunch of half-starved cats and just (laughs) the skeletons of the two dead men. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, they hear something outside, they run out, and the woman is running off into the woods, cackling like a maniac. (laughs) And, uh, 
they finally catch up with her because she has become stuck in quicksand. Now, Mike, you and me were talking earlier this week about the fact that we both thought quicksand would be like a way bigger deal. Yeah, both uh, quicksand and what was the other thing? Uh, Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle, yeah. Both of those things growing up seem like they'd be big impediments to our you know, everyday lives and not really. Yeah, no, they really didn't factor into anything in my life except for this podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, she's sinking in quicksand, and before her horrid, warty head goes below the surface, she screams, I shall return. Everybody always hated me here. I'll break out of my grave and burn down the whole town on the morning of May 25th, 1904. So it's 20 years. Okay, so after. first of all, that is a lot to say as you are drowning. I know. I thought Quite that. mouthful. It, it really is. <laughs> now, now it, did she spit while she was doing that? Like, just spitting up sand as she was doing I, that? Probably. I kind of picture it being like uh, Khan as he's dying. You know, from hell's heart, I stab, <laughs> I stab at, at thee. Yeah. So, anyway, she goes down. They end up fishing the body out, and uh, they bury her. But to make sure she doesn't, like, everybody's superstitious back then. So what they do is they fucking chain her grave closed Fuck with yeah. three huge chains in, let's see, Glenwood Cemetery in Yazoo City. So everybody kind of forgets about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then on the morning of May 25th, 1904, uh, I'm going to quote the Willie Morris story. Miss Pauline Wise was planning her wedding. As she entered her parlor to show her visitors some gifts, she discovered a small blaze. Suddenly a strong wind, unusual for that time of year, spread the fire to a, the adjoining house. So, basically, this small fire, it kind of acts like the uh, Great Chicago Fire in that it burns down most of the town of Yazoo City 20 years to the day. Mm. So, uh, and the wind was, uh, like they said, unseasonable. Now, the next day after the fire, elder citizens go down to the graveyard and they find that the woman, that the, the witch's grave has been uh, opened and the chains are broken. Fuck yeah. And to this day, they will still come out and replace the chains every few years. You can actually go to Greenwood Cemetery in Yazoo and see the witch's grave. Now, now why do you have such a strange place like like Yazoo? What sort of name is that, anyway? That is a tribe of Native Americans. The okay, Yazoo well, tribe. now I sound racist. Well, I, 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 it's, it's an odd name, but yes. Okay. Uh, and also... <laughs> If you've ever seen Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, they mention Yazoo City uh, in the movie. Oh. I'm forgiven. I'm Mm. even forgiven for that, uh, what was it, that Piggly Wiggly I knocked over in Yazoo. (laughs) So, Hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was a fun one that didn't have to do with Bigfoots. Bigfoots, and it was like really, um, you know, more paranormal and, and spooky. It makes for a fun movie. Yeah, no, I don't know why no one's done one about it. But, I like uh, it. Oh, thank you. Well, that's mine. Uh, who wants to go next? Mike? David? Uh, 
Mike was the first to make some sort of noise. So okay, Mike. Damn it. I'm by default. Okay, so <laughs> there was, I had a couple of, so, you know, I'm originally from Louisiana, born and mostly raised there. Yep. And Metairie, right? <clears throat> Metairie, yes. New Orleans suburbs. And I had a few I could choose from more than Kevin did. Oh, oh yeah, no. So, I had to dig. So apparently there's like some Louisiana Thunderbird sightings. Chose not to go with that. Which is cool, though. There's mm-hmm. the uh, quite a few other things like uh, the Rougarou, which chose not to talk about that. That's that's basically a uh, <laughs> bastardization of the term loop guru, which is French term for werewolf. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's just a, a werewolf running yeah. around somewhere. It's basically Cajun for loop gurus. Rougarou. There's uh, the grunch. Not going to talk about the grunch. <laughs> Which I just found out about <laughs> I, I while wish, researching this. I wish it was, that, that was a fun period of the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I wish it was Captain Grunch. Yeah. But I'm gonna talk about the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Oh yes, please Ooh. do. It's basically a Cajun Sasquatch. Sorta. Well, I mean Yeah. That, that that's what the Wikipedia article describes okay. it as. All right. But it's a. Uh, it's purported to inhabit the Honey Island Swamp in the St. Tammany Parish. If you know anything about Louisiana, St. Tammany is just north of a, what's well, a north area above Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, right. Just to the, so it's on Lake Pontchartrain, above Lake Pontchartrain. It's also to the east of the Causeway Bridge. That's a big so, long one that people yeah, was terrified of. That's the, the one that uh, spans the, uh, Lake Pontchartrain, and it's also the longest uh, single span over water. Oh, Continuous cool! Span because long there are longer bridges, but they usually you know go over smaller islands and stuff like that. And this is just, yeah, this is just straight over water. We have a friend yeah. that's uh, terrified of open water, and he freaked the fuck yeah, out. No, it's it's <laughs> look, it's long enough that you're in the middle of it. You really can't see much of either shore. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, anyway, so in this area, very swampy, which well, pretty much all of Louisiana is swampy. I guarantee. Let's be honest. Um, so it's alleged the Honey Island Swamp Monster is alleged to be a large bipedal humanoid, roughly you know seven feet tall, covered in hair, obviously. Right. But uh, the alleged origins of it are quite weird okay. in that it was alleged that a uh, traveling circus coming through the area lost some chimpanzees and they naturally <laughs> crossbred with the alligators to create the Honey <laughs> Island Swamp Monster. Naturally. Because like, that's that's what's going to happen. You, know? you let chimpanzees out, they're just going to fuck the alligators and crossbreed. <laughs> Some goddamn this, monsters. This is like that kids in the hall sketch. We took a pig and a cow that were only mildly drugged and then forced them to do what eventually came naturally. <laughs> oh my god. So so you know can't just have a normal Bigfoot. It has nope. to be a hybrid, you know, monkey gator. gator thing. Why don't they just call it the monkey gator? That is such a cooler yeah. name. The, the gator foot. Honey Island monkey gator. <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. <clears throat> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's one of those things that has just been 
vaguely seen and there's always a bipedal humanoid yeah but i love the fact that the origin of this one unlike say the popelik monster or the uh creature i was going to talk about which also involves a circus uh you know it's usually like a train derailed and it ran off into the woods and it happens to be 500 years old this involves like breeding stock enough Mm -hmm. chimps and gators to propagate a species Mm. Yeah, I just I like <laughs> it, and I really think it should be the uh, Honey Island Monkey Gator. <laughs> so apparently, this Wikipedia article, article claims other terms for it are Rougarou, mm-hmm. Louisiana Wookie, and the Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Louisiana Wookie. I like that. Yeah. that's all i had oh okay well that's cool i mean it's neat yeah it's something i didn't know about much i mean here's the thing i'd heard about honey island but i'd never heard about the honey island swamp monkey gator (laughs) so that's cool there you go yeah so david you what have you got buddy well i've got a story but first i have a joke for you okay what is a cajun werewolf's favorite treat I don't know. What is a Cajun werewolf's favorite treat? Andouille sausages. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> My wife is playing Breath of the Wild behind me on the couch, and she just shook her head with the most disgusted look on her I, face. You deserve it. Yeah, that, that's quite uh, <laughs> quite deserved. Let her know she oh, has man. good taste. Yep. Yeah, yep. apparently have good taste, Holly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've got another, like, uh, Sasquatch sighting in my area. This one is uh, late as 2008. Okay. Yeah, this and is, it's uh, yeah. not even really a sighting, mm-hmm. but it is the most recent one that they have. And this is probably about a 40-minute drive from me at most. Oh, cool. So, Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and read the observation and then the uh, follow-up investigation. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Observed. I was camping with my wife and friends from the 23rd to the 24th of August, 2008. My wife and I shared a campsite and our friend shared a campsite with two tents on a second campsite about 50 feet away from us. I had drank no alcohol before going to bed, so I slept fairly lightly. Okay. I awoke at 4.50 a.m. Just as I awoke, I heard a loud sound that seemed to be someone hitting a tree trunk with a large branch. I lifted my head in the tent and looked around for any light sources and saw none. I also heard no voices. I was intrigued enough to continue listening. Our closest neighbor had a dachshund, and the next closest to us had two larger dogs that were tied up outside their tent. Once I heard the first sound outside, the dogs started moving around, but didn't bark. They made some moaning sounds, but that's all. Okay, I just pictured the dogs going, Oh... Uh, from what I can tell, as far as sounds, something or someone walked through the campground from lower to higher through the ravine. It had a, it had very heavy footsteps. It sounded like it broke fairly large, uh, fairly large branch, uh, branches on the ground. Once it crossed the campground's asphalt, the neighborhood dogs started crying, whimpering, and moaning. I then heard what sounded like a rock or something similar being thrown against a tree near our tent and falling to the ground. 
Right at the crescendo of the crunching branches, I decided to get up and unzip our tent window, and at the same time, the tent owners of the dogs opened up, and a woman came out and grabbed the dogs to quiet them down. That was the last I heard of the crunching footstep sounds. Also, there had been crickets making noise all night until this event. Once this started, the cricket noises reduced to only crickets at a great distance. By the end of the incident, there were no forest sounds at all. All right. The next morning, we walked over to the ravine that I had thought I had heard the biped walking through and found no fo- uh, footprints due to the extremely dry ground. I spoke to a family right next to the ravine, and they had heard nothing that night, but had heard footsteps the night before. Ooh. The husband, father, is a hunter and told me that he had seen bears two or three times in the past in those mountains, but had never seen them down in the campgrounds in that area. Mountain lions are fairly common in those mountains, but what I heard seemed to be heavier than a mountain lion, plus whatever animal I heard sounded like it had two feet as opposed to four. I later found out that one of our friends had heard footsteps around his tent at 4 a.m. He thought it was our other two friends camping with us playing a joke on him. So that's the report that the person made. Okay. uh, What they observed. Um, obviously there's a lot of potential explanations for it here. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, the cricket stopping <clears throat> is all very typical of your Sasquatch sightings from yeah, everything I've read. Yeah. Especially like the, uh, hitting the tree with the large branch, which I'm always just like, I've never understood that. Like a Sasquatch with a stick, just hitting a tree. Is it, is it like trying to sing? Is it, is it like trying to get a beat going? It might be kind of like a warning or something. Okay, I never thought I, I don't of know. That. I don't know. We'll have to like dive into Sasquatch behavior at some point. Yeah. Um so he- here's the follow-up investigation report by BFRO investigator Richard Hucklebridge. Oh, BFRO. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh again about our insp- investigator here, 4 years in the United States Navy, 37 years in the aerospace industry. Oh, wow. Um and he was a, re- a reserve deputy sheriff for the county of Los Angeles. And so what was I don't this know. guy's name again? Richard Hucklebridge. Okay, I was just trying to figure out if he was on the panel me and Mike attended. Ah. <laughs> okay, so um I'm just going to read his report. It's a brief one. Okay. On the evening of uh, the 9th of September, 2008, D.N. called me and we went over his recent report in which the witness seemed credible and believable in his rendition. During this incident, the witness didn't want to wake his wife up because she would have freaked out and probably caused them to leave the area. I did ask a couple of questions that were not clarified in the report. First, did you smell anything out of the ordinary? No. Second, did Hmm. you hear the bipedal footsteps and or did you also feel anything that came through the ground? The witness just stated that he heard he only heard the bipedal footsteps and he never felt anything, probably because he and his wife were on an air mattress. Also asked if he had any strange feelings while this possible creature was in the area. He did state that he believed this thing stayed in the area for at least one hour because of how the dogs in the camping area were acting and how long the crickets were quiet. The witness did stay awake until the sun came up. The closest the footsteps got to his tent was about 40 and 50 yards away. Per DN, his friends had something similar happen to them one or two mornings later around 4 a.m., same campground. The incident is consistent with other late night or early morning campground encounters with this creature. Also of note, besides the Lake Hemet incident, which is about nine miles south of this campground, which is what I talked about last time. Right. Um... There was recently a sighting in a trailer park located off the southeastern side of the Yukaipa area, which is about 25 miles as the crow flies and 30 miles through the mountains. 
So that that's his report. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just like I appreciate that he is as the crow flies. Yes. Well, obviously, you have to have <laughs> that in there. You're not a professional investigator, right? Yeah, exactly. So I I don't really think this was probably an actual encounter. Oh, yeah? Nah, it's just it, it sounds like probably it was bears or mountain lions. With a stick. Well, I... I and throwing <sighs> rocks. Here, here's the thing. I don't... If they would have recorded the stick thing, like, maybe that would have helped. But honestly, like, the sticks could have just been, like, for example, uh, a bear on a log. And as the log shifts, another stick is hitting it or something like that. I'm, I'm feeling kind of skeptical on this one. Okay, Mike? Um, it's always just... I don't know. It's, it's always a bear? No. I mean, it could be, you know, any number of things. Well, I, I think we see where I'm leaning on this one. Now, now here, here's the thing. This area currently has gone through a very massive wildfire, so if Sasquatch did exist there, he's probably dead now. <laughs> God damn it, it's like Mount St. Helens all over again. Yeah, just, uh, you know, if, if any of the big feats are... We're still around in the area. There you aren't now. Well, here's Crispy a question. Foot. What's that, Mike? Crispy foot. Ooh. Ooh. Now I want KFC. <laughs> Yeti meat. Yeah. Um, here, here's a question. I don't know if you have the answer to this. Maybe you can look into it some other time. Is the Hemet area known for uh, UFO activity? I've not heard too much on UFO activity in Hemet, but like like Southern California has its UFO incidents, particularly because I'm probably about 30 minutes from March Air Force Base, which okay. is uh, w- w- it was a major Air Force base in World War II. Uh, and obviously during World War II, there are a lot of like UAPs and UFOs and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Which I think we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. With the subject, but, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, also March Air Force Base is haunted. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Air Force Base that where there have been some UFO sightings in that area, it's also haunted. They did a Ghost Adventures episode there. And it's surrounded by Bigfoot. Apparently. Okay, apparently, well, so. that, there you go, guys. Try to uh, storm that one. It's probably less, uh, less uh, guarded than Area 51. <laughs> You know, it, it's a, it's a cool really place because it's an air museum. So they have all of the uh, planes throughout history there. And it's cool to, like, be able to go right up to a bomber and just, like, stand underneath it. And, oh, sure. Mike, you and probably like that, right? there was even a probably, cockpit yeah. you could sit in. A what? A cockpit? A cockpit. Yeah, Ooh. to a, uh, a jet. You could actually sit in the cockpit of the jet. See, me and Mike actually went to a air field one time here in town and got to see was that a flying fortress we saw oh uh, yeah it was a uh, b-17 and a b-25 uh mitchell it was the uh oh. not yeah, the was uh pretty badass hell yeah was it what is the was it the confederate thing or is it something else i'm trying to remember if it was uh which i, I don't know because there's a couple of groups ago. that operate planes like that and oh fly right around. yeah i know one of them's like confederate wings or something like Which, that that's real unfortunate yeah man. i know but, um the other one going, is, i don't think the south had flying fortresses well, you know, here in the that's just what they call themselves the yeah um but yeah it was that was pretty cool it was pre-digital camera days so yeah. i have like mm-hmm. a bunch of film pictures from it Ooh, oh that's you know, cute we should scan those it should yeah. i've got yeah. i've got my scanner 
All right. Well, that's our local stuff. Uh, I'm glad we all found something. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't. Oh, I I do have to ask, Mike, David, both of you. Do you think yours are ghost monkeys? Ugh. God damn it. <laughs> you don't have yeah, to react no. like that every time. There's <laughs> a ghost bear. Yuck. Ghost monkeys. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got another story that is unrelated to uh, local stuff that I found. And I think okay. it's just interesting. Mike, you'll probably find this interesting, too. And I'll just go ahead and read the article since it's relatively short, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from USA Today, believe it or not. Semi-reputable news source. A uh, student finds 1.8 million-year-old tooth, one of the oldest signs of hominins outside of Africa. Hmm. Archaeologists in the nation of Georgia last week, which I misread that as state the first time I read this and got real confused, hmm. the nation of Georgia last week discovered a tooth belonging to an ancient human species believed to be around 1.8 million years old. The molar was found by a research student at the Oro, Orozmani dig site dated between 1.77 and 1.84 million years old in the, Cauc- in the Caucasus, wait, Caucasus region. The white person region. The white people region. It's one of the earliest signs of hominins outside of Africa. He showed the tooth to the team from the Georgian National Museum leading the dig. Quote, Then we contacted our paleontologist, and he confirmed it was a hominin tooth. Uh, Giorgi Copoliani, an archaeologist with the Georgian National Museum, told USA Today. Uh, Okay, I'm just going to summarize. Basically, this is a fairly big deal because, you know, most of our ancient ancestors were believed to have been in Africa around that time, and we're just now starting to find evidence of... uh, different hominin species being outside of Africa. Mm -hmm. Uh, A good example being, while the remains found in Georgia are still believed to be the oldest found outside of Africa, researchers in China found stone tools dating 2.1 million years old that could indicate an earlier hominin presence there. Yeah, so like this isn't contradicting the idea that the uh, hominids originated in Africa. It's more it's like, you know, they, they, they the left spread. Africa yes. far earlier than we anticipated. Yeah, and one of the things I've read is that this could just be proof of uh, several waves of migration out of mm-hmm. Africa over the history of the various species. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think it's kind of a neat thing. Uh, Mike, what have you got? Um, so... My other thing, which I don't have open for some reason. My God, what's <laughs> happened to us? Two weeks you had off. One job. One job. I was I was spaced out, man. I tell you. Well, yeah. Speaking of spacing out. <laughs> Ooh. So Ooh. apparently, the the war in Ukraine is shaking things up because Ukraine's astronomers keep seeing UFOs, like a lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know probably just spy planes or drones or something but here's the thing go go ahead no what are you gonna say oh i I was just gonna say that uh war there are and it may just be because there's more attention being paid to the sky in modern war uh you know with the foo fighters in world war ii and no i'm not talking about the band 
Uh, during armed conflict, there's always an increase in UFO sightings. And I don't know if it's because there are more there because they're observing or if it's because people are paying more attention to their surroundings. But during Probably. the Afghani conflict and Iraq, they were a, there were a lot of UFO sightings. Yeah. So, um, but I would say, yeah, there, there probably are a lot more people watching the skies during times of conflict like that because, sure. you know, bombs and planes right. and other things. And, you know, there's also during conflict, there's a lot more shit in the air. Normally <laughs> yes. it's, you know, just <laughs> commercial airplanes and things like that. But, you know, during a conflict is especially a modern conflict where you have a lot of, you know, unmanned aerial vehicles of different calibers, different right. functions, you know. Probably a uh, bunch of them that are also top secret that like yeah, have I mean, functionality we don't even know about. I'm sure I'm sure Russia's deployed its, you know, super secret, you know, drones to try to gain the upper hand. It, it's literally just like a, a drone that you could buy at a gas station with like a pistol taped to it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of their situation right now. Yes, I mean, um, I mean, it, yeah, it's fucked, man. Russia yeah. has been found out to be just buying commercial DJI drones and shipping them to uh to their troops. That's insane. <laughs> um, Pretty soon they're going to start flying kites with like razor blades on the tail. <laughs> <laughs> no, they've got like uh, survivor knives and they like pull a string and it just like drops the knife and they hope it hits someone. They, they tie a grenade to a canary and let the canary... <laughs> <laughs> oh god the poor bird <laughs> well no the, the the grenade will uh the, the bird will pull the pin they'll train the bird oh. to pull the pin oh okay that's so much better all right <laughs> I, oh my god I, well here's the thing about the ufos um mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of talk about it obviously on the uh ufo uap subreddits in general but a lot of people are saying it's the aliens coming to watch the end of civilization. I'm like, I, mm, ah, I don't know. I mean, like, if, if like, so... How would they know? What's that? Like, how would the aliens know it's the end of the civilization? Because we've come much closer than oh, we have I know. now. I know. The nukes, for instance. But, I mean, just in general. Yeah, no, the aliens would... Um, yeah, I, I, I just think they're like, ooh, look at that. What if it's tourists? Mm-hmm. Here we see the natural preserve of our ape creatures. As you can see, they like to kill. <laughs> I don't know. They're taking bets on it. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm also in general excited how much the, uh, the UFO UAP thing is in the mainstream these days, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's it's kind of nice because for a while it just kind of like disappeared. And honestly, I'm going to give a lot of that credit to uh, Tom DeLong. Oh, yeah. Let's let's give it up for Blank 182. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, Tom DeLong has actually done a pretty good service to the uh, UAP and UFO community. So, yeah. Mike, where, you, you're you already said your thoughts on that, right? Well, sort of. But, you know, further in the article, they talk about how they uh they use two observatories that are usually tasked with uh, looking for meteors and mm-hmm. you know, asteroids and stuff like that, uh, about 75 miles apart. And using it, they classified, uh, using cameras, obviously, they classified objects into two uh, categories, cosmics and phantoms. Ooh. Cosmics Ooh. are luminous 
objects that are bright, brighter than the background of the sky. Uh-huh. And phantoms are dark shapes with, uh, you know, darker contrast than the background. So basically, you're two types of UFOs. You're glowers and your silver things. Your showers and your glowers. Yeah. Oh God. Yes, that's it exactly. But they it's said badass uh, though. I like yeah. I like that categorization. Uh, categorization. I know it's like Autobots and Decepticons. <laughs> they said that I don't know. I don't know how fast three to fifteen degrees per second is in this you know context. But they said phantoms are observed in the troposphere at distances up to ten to twelve kilometers. Estimate their size between three to twelve meters and speeds up to fifteen kilometers a second. Wow! So pretty fast. Oh, uh, it's well, it's faster than me. Yeah, that's that's you know what my times sixty. That's like a hundred kilometers an hour ish. Okay, math, which is about you know what hundred fifty miles an hour. Okay, yeah. So, so like a, you know, that's that's within you know military drone speeds. At least the speed of a Veyron. Definitely, definitely faster than most birds. Okay. Especially an unladen swallow. Yes. <laughs> or, or an unladen was, canary. Especially if it was carrying a coconut. <laughs> or a, yes, or a grenade carrying canary. Canary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So the easy explanation would be that these are missiles or rockets or something else associated with the war, but the scientists insist that their nature is not clear. Okay. Well, that's I. I like when a scientist's like, we don't know. Well, that's that's kind of the whole science shtick, isn't it? Though, well, Unless it's they supposed have to be definitive proof, right? And you know, and they can't you know, say good on them for for going with. I don't know what the fuck I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I generally I don't try to jump to conclusions, but I tend to pick what I think fits fits the data most. Occam's razor. Yeah. Well, uh, also, it's a jump to conclusions map. Matt, <laughs> damn it, fuck that up. You fucked, you fucked it up. I ruined our whole show. We're uh, keeping it. Yeah. Well, thanks for that one, Mike. I'm glad somebody cool. brought that up because I've been excited about that topic. Mm-hmm. So, David, what have well, you got? I have two potential articles. Um, I'm probably going to go with the one that connects more to yours, uh, your story, Kevin. Uh, oh, yeah. About the the, 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 the grave and the chain and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, I okay. Do, I do want to mention the other article was Shaquille O'Neal explaining why he thinks the earth is flat. Man, fuck you. <laughs> I, that was one of the articles I was considering, but <sighs> instead is... I'm going to talk about this uh, vampiric grave. Oh, yeah. I remember this, but I just want to go on record as and, and ask, what the hell's wrong with the NBA? That there are so know. many flat earthers in it. You run, know, a, you run around with a round thing in your hand well, for the court's a flat. living. Motherfucker. The court is flat. Motherfucker. So. Technically, it's not. <laughs> uh, well, from their perspective. Sure, uh, okay. And besides, but... they're taller, so they can look further along the horizon and see, <laughs> oh, hey, it doesn't curve. So, Are you saying NBA uh, players are more likely to see the truth? I'm saying that they're more likely to not get as much oxygen because of their height. Oh, God damn it. Okay. That reminds me of something I want to bring up after we're done with the stories and before we go into everything else. Okay. 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 Let's go. So I've got this article. It's from uh, September 5th from the Metro in the UK. Uh, Medieval vampire unearthed with sickle across her throat to stop her rising from the dead. 
which is like hardcore. It's awesome. Uh, you, you hear about this thing a lot, actually, with uh, 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 about, you know, um, civilizations that have like vampire or reanimants and that sort of uh-huh. thing. They, they they do these like little traps and everything like that. Like usually right. they behead the thing. But I like that they set a booby trap here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just you describe it, and I'm like, what metal album cover is that? Right, and um, I'm just gonna go ahead and like uh, skim the story and kind of give you the highlights of it. Uh, we'll, sure. we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, but um, the extraordinary remains of a supposed vampire, uh, vampire in quotes, have been uncovered at an archaeological site in Poland. Experts found the female body with a sickle across its throat, pinning it to the ground. Yikes. Uh, quote, the sickle was not fl- laid flat, but placed on the neck in such a way that if the disease, uh, deceased had tried to get up, most likely the head would have been cut off or injured, explained Professor Darius Polinski from the Nicholas Copernicus University, which is that that sounds like an alchemist university. It really does. Um, the body was found during an archaeological work at a 17th century cemetery in the village of Pien in southeastern Poland. Um, so this is like witcher shit. Oh, wow. Um, so according to the university team, she had a silk cap on her head indicating high social status and a protruding tooth. Strangely, one of her toes was secured with a padlock. That's bizarre. Right. Well, and you know, you'll, you'll find these weird little, um, cultural practices regarding the undead. Like, um, you know, uh, like is, is padlocking a toe any weirder than like, beheading the, the corpse probably not or, or, hey. or putting coins on the eyes or something like that yeah. well and it's interesting that we talk about like you know the padlocking the toes because they do have like an explanation for that here oh really okay yeah. great so uh, professor polinski explained to the daily mail that padlocking the big toe on the skeleton's left foot likely symbolized quote the closing of a stage and the impossibility of returning he added, quote, ways to protect against the return of the dead include cutting off the head or legs, placing the deceased face down to bite into the ground, burning them, and then smashing them with a stone. That's a lot. Right, yeah. Like, um, well, it's, it's kind of like your story with, like, just padlocking. It's like, no, she's not right. getting out. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, the thing is, vampires and zombies are very much a part of the medieval culture, as they are today. Oh, as far definitely. back as... Yeah, as far back as the 11th century, many believe corpses would claw their way back up through the ground and emerge as blood-sucking monsters. That was partially due to the amount of infectious diseases like cholera around the time. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it mostly comes from people not understanding how diseases spread. Right, um, and everybody just assumed, like, oh, it's a vampire coming in and taking your, uh, your life. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, this is a, you know, it's like every, like, five to ten years, they find another one of these, like, grave sites where you have all these, like, fucked up ways the bodies are distributed. So, for example, uh, in 2014, archaeologists in the village of Drusco, 130 miles away, found six skeletons buried in a similar manner in a 400-year-old cemetery. Uh, cemetery. Sickles were found pressed against the throats of an adult man who was between 35 to 44 years old and an adult woman around 35 to 39. So. Wow. It's cool, and, like, the pictures are great, because you can see the sickle, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely, like, that's a fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely got the feeling of somebody standing over the grave going, yeah, try it now, motherfucker. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's just really interesting, like because um, you know I, I do want to talk about vampires. I talk about vampires in my class, but when right. we cover vampires in my class, I talk about like how the line between living and dead was always kind of gray for a long period of time because yeah. people would fucking wake up in a grave and they had to install bells. So if you uh-huh. were trapped in a grave, you rang the bell to let them ha- know, hey, please dig me up. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, man. Uh, like I just, it's fascinating stuff. So stuff like this, I just absolutely adore it. Yeah, I feel like we should just do one in general about the undead. Yeah, or even like uh, the the line between living and dead throughout history. Oh yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, like it's specifically with drowning because before we like developed this idea of like like first aid and resuscitation and stuff, like people who were drowned, they would appear dead and then they would like literally kind of wake up later. Come it's back, just, yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. I feel bad for witches that did that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Um. To the archaeologists discovering these grave sites, please don't move the sickles. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can get a photo of the padlock on the toe. Because that's just one of my favorite details in this thing. And unfortunately, like, the, they don't have a photo of that particular, um, but, like, they have a full body photo. And, like, if you zoom in enough, you can see it. Okay. Yeah. Mike, were you going to say something? I mean... I was going to say I'm not, uh, you know, superstitious, but, you know, you, you find something like that, don't don't chance it by fucking with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, look, I, I don't know what genre of film I'm living in, and I don't really want to find out. Because, like, if it does happen to be a horror movie, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the guy, I'm going to die. That's, that's a given. I'm I'm gonna be like uh oh what's his name from the Scream movies that knew all about the horror movies and died in the second one. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be uh, that Jamie, guy. Jamie Kennedy. That, that's not his Jamie character Ke- name. That's the yeah, actor. Jamie, but yeah, I'm gonna be the Jamie Kennedy character. I'm gonna be the one that dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, well that's fun. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of stuck on the padlock around the toe. That's the more... It, I think they buried the lead there. <laughs> the padlock yeah, like, on the toe. And, you know, someone in the comments is like, I really wish they would have showed that. Yeah. Mm. You know, maybe maybe just their kink. Maybe <laughs> sickle and padlock play. Ooh. Man. <laughs> Can you buy that at, like, Hot Topic or something? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, I've got another one. Uh, This is my last one for the night. And here's the thing. I had two articles about this. And I went with the more sensationalistic article uh, from a website called, and I've never heard of this. I got this from Dusty. Anomalalian. (laughs) Anomalian. Okay, there we go. Anomalian.com. Uh, astronomers have discovered two large domed objects on the Earth's satellite. There are several theories about the population of the moon by intelligent beings. Some researchers believe that people already live and work on the Earth's satellite. Earth 
lowercase here. Mm. Now it is reported that about reported that about the discovered abandoned settlement between two craters, Paracelsus and Eitken? I don't know. <laughs> Alas, there is little to make out in the photographs, but several dozen ufologists and astrono- astronomers are sure that there is a dome structure that reflects light, which is why it is hard to see in the photographs. Okay. This looks like a golf ball in a crater in a sand trap on a golf course. Now, I'm going to post a link to this in the host chat, if you don't mind. And I would like for y'all to take a look at these photographs with me. Look at these photographs. God damn it. <laughs> All right, there we go. You just got nickel-backed. Yeah, I did get nickel-backed. Ugh. <laughs> So, if you'll take a look at these. Now, they're saying you can find all these photos. Uh, this is on Wikimedia. This is not the NASA website like the, they want you to believe. But. Th- this looks like something my wife would watch on Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> Mike, give, give me your thoughts. As the resident um, scienceologist. It looks like someone's oh, ingrown oh. hair. Yeah, that's a golf ball on a uh, in a sand trap, a sand, or yeah, in a sandbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it totally looks like a golf it, ball. It, and this is supposed to be academic yeah, science so, has confirmed the presence of two, according to some so, sources. So three. The thing, the thing on the right is supposed to be the thing on the left. The uh, I yeah. Um, that's quite the stretch, ain't it? Though I mean, I, I like the thing the, on the left. Academic you know, science has confirmed, as opposed to pop science, or uh, yeah, or or playground science. The, the thing on the left is obviously not transparent. Yes, it has a shadow uh, on itself. Yes, very much unlike a glass dome. Yes, it kind of looks like someone buried Epcot, like <laughs> Spaceship Earth. <laughs> Now, now, Kevin, I'm looking at this article, and you've kind of buried the lead here because there are two very interesting paragraphs at the end of the article that I think should be read. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like you need to read those to us. Okay, the last two? Yes. The structure, the one that starts with the structures? Yes, yes. The structures, which were spotted on NASA's maps, were supposedly made by a species of aliens called, quote, greys which are supposedly a race of superintelligent extraterrestrials, which like the dark. This is a reason they built the dome-like structures so they can live underground in the dark. Quote, There is an alien species who like the darkness so much they genetically change themselves to have sunglasses, second eyelids, cover their eyes at will, the greys, says prominent alien hunter Scott C. Waring. No, I, I love that quote because that quote sounds like it went through Google Translate a couple of times. It really, really does. Do you see why I chose this article <laughs> as opposed to the one that's like, hey, that looks like a dome? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there you have it, folks. Uh, the grays are permanent, have genetically altered themselves to be permanently cool. cool. Damn it. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> they wear their sunglasses at night so they can, so they can. <laughs> I love that they love darkness so much. They live underground in darkness with sunglasses. But they don't describe them wearing chokers and my chemical romance shirts. Oh yeah, no. These guys are old school. They're wearing the cure. They yeah, got like there you the, go. that's it's not actually they're not actually like light gray. It's just yeah. pancake makeup. They're wearing corpse paint. You know, they they love disintegration, the album and disintegrating people. Yes. Yes, they are really into Bors. What was the name of that one friggin' uh by Var you know, the group Varg Vikernis was a member of? What oh was it? shit. Borstrom. Yeah. <laughs> Borsum. That was it. Borsum. Yeah. <laughs> it's some orc or elvish shit, like some, all the other metal. <laughs> yeah, some crazy bullshit. So uh that that's my second one. Uh God that just I I guess I didn't really read those last paragraphs. Yeah, because I I thought you were gonna get to that because those last I, two paragraphs are incredible. I yeah, my bad, my bad. Next time I'll be more thorough. You gotta really look for that bullshit, man. I really gotta look for the bullshit better. I'm sorry, I'm out of practice. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, Mike, what have you got for your second one? We did my second one. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, yep. That was it. Was the uh, you, I think you did a third one, dude. Did I? The, the UFOs. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Shit. I was supposed to have two in, or three, including the local. Well, it's okay. David, what have you, you got anything else or are we good to move on to? Uh, uh, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay. Okay. Well, before we go on to like questions and X and all that stuff, uh, some get posted in our Discord, which if you've not joined the Discord, Shame on you. You really need to because David posted something that just broke my fucking brain. Oh, okay, good. We're going to talk about this. Yeah, oh, we've got to. <laughs> so David found this image, and it, it's, it goes along with the flat earth theory. All right? Uh, this is the great ice ball earth theory. <laughs> and this is saying that the earth is flat, but it is flat on a giant ice ball with other hollows in it where other Earths are. <laughs> you, you, uh, let's have Mike try to describe what this Mike, thing is. Mike, go, go, go in there to the show. I, yeah, I, I, you showed me earlier. Yeah. So I love I'm... that it says, the great ice ball, ball parentheses, possibly hollow. <laughs> so, I mean, it's... It's so it's the f slightly <laughs> convex Earth. Yes, because yes. it's Earth is now no longer flat because it, it is on a giant ice sphere. Now, I brought the I showed this and brought this up to Dusty, and she made a very great observation about this. It's like they're gradually working their way up to admitting it's round. <laughs> But it's got to be flat-ish on a round thing. So, and my thoughts were, it says possibly hollow. So that means inside the giant ice flat Earth could be a slightly smaller giant ice ball with flat Earths on it. And you keep going down smaller and smaller, just concentric ice balls with flat Earths on it until you get to down to one that's a flat Earth that's a sphere that's the size of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> or 
Are you saying we're living inside the ice sphere? No, because obviously we're these smart people have said we are on the outside oh, of it. Oh, of course. My bad. My question, and this is kind of important. It's it, There's a, an insert that says, Sun melts a, quote, pond in the ice ball. Traditional flat earth surrounded <laughs> by an ice wall. How does the sun work here? Um, It, it melts it, obviously. Yeah, but... It's like Nighttime. a magnifying glass. It's like a magnifying glass. You know? Is it? Yeah. Why not? But how does nighttime <laughs> or not? Thank you for that. <laughs> um, here, my question is: What if it is hollow and we're living on the interior of the uh, the thing, like like in Kong? That would be cool. <laughs> or what if the Great Ice Ball is just chalk? Full of Nazis. <laughs> that, that's is. the worst coffee ever. Chock full of Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Das ist gut, no? Yeah, yeah, it's good, yeah. <laughs> Chock full oh, of Nazis. God. <laughs> I love, I love that. I love that uh, Sam in the Discord said, I fucking hate that I've seen that before. <laughs> what I like is that this is going to trigger anyone with tryptophobia. Because of all oh, the little yeah. duplicate, like, alternate uh-huh. Earths. <laughs> yeah, if you can't look at a Lotus seed pod, uh, seed pod do not look at this. <laughs> uh, and I tried to look it up, and all I found was, like, actual science about the actual snowball Earth when the entire planet froze. I feel like this has got to be, like, a, a trolling thing. This, I, mm, yeah, it kind of feels like something uh, somebody posted in X. Yeah, that's, as a that's joke. what I'm feeling like. Yeah. Speaking of, before we get to questions, David, can X please give it to us? Yes, I've got one Only for you. Only if you're good. Only if I'm good, Mike? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, Kevin, I think I think you've earned it. Kevin can have a little oh. X as a treat sometimes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. So the subject of this anonymous post is, why do we dream? The uh, I'm going to read the post, but I want you to know that the associated image is a woman taking a selfie in a gym. For for the dream. Uh, no, the, the 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 photo has nothing to do with the context of the post. It's just they posted a photo of a woman taking a selfie in a gym. Oh, OK. So, yeah, just I figured I'd put that out there. OK, thank you. <laughs> so <clears throat> subject of the post is why do we dream? Here's the post. It's not to store short-term memory in the long-term memory. That does not make sense. I never dream about my work or my computer or phone. It also not to prepare yourself for future scenarios, unless your brain is trying to protect you from nonsensical scenarios. Fact is, we don't know why we dream, yet we do it for hours every day, in all caps. Anyone who claims to know why we are here needs to shut the fuck up. You don't even know why you dream. A lot of people have zero imagination, but when they go to sleep, they suddenly become storytellers. The most uh, R-word person can come up with a dream story that is at least semi-interesting. This proves they are not coming up with the story slash dream themselves. Here's how dreams work. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Here's how he he tells us. Yeah, here's how fucking dreams work. That's how he, he, he states it. Okay, start dreaming about a bridge. 
WTF do bridges do? They collapse. Start worrying about collapsing bridge. Bridge collapses. Big surprise! In the dream world, you have no brain. Therefore, every thought is direct and causes physical effects. The dream world is fucking real. You have zero proof it isn't. All your theories about dreaming are unprovable, and they are just also just unlikely. Uh, <laughs> um, um. Uh, all your base are belong to us, right? Um, it's it's a mess. It's it's a mess it's, of a post, but I just, I a, love it. That is a hot mess. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. So I, I like his explanation of how, about how dreams work. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, like, I think he's trying to get it like manifestation, uh, like rewriting reality through dreams. Um, but he's okay. also he's I, also saying something about like how people aren't actually having dreams themselves, but maybe they're part of a collective unconscious. Then where do they come from in there? Something's got to come up with them, unless it's like you know the big corporate TV executive in the sky. I, I just want to know what the dream world is because he calls it the dream world, and in the dream world you have no brain, therefore every thought is direct and causes physical effects. So is he uh, saying that when someone is dreaming and they dream about a bridge collapse, they cause a bridge to collapse? Are they saying the Mothman is a dream creature and we made the Tacoma Narrows, the not Tacoma Narrows, but the uh, Silver Bridge collapse? I have no Maybe. idea, man. Um... I just this is a wild, wild post, and I appreciate the juxtaposition sure. of what is obviously brain vomit and the picture <laughs> of a woman taking a selfie in a gym. <laughs> oh God, that's great! And it's uh, the confidence uh, of it as well that I really appreciate. Oh yeah, it's just like giant balls being thrown at your face, M- Mike. Yeah, how, how do how, dreams? How, how do they work? I don't know. Magnets? <laughs> Magnets. D- oh, tell me there are some good comments. I, I do have uh, a couple. So uh, here's here seems to be what seems to be a serious reply to this. Okay. Um, dreams do all kinds of things, but there's one function that I don't see spoken of very often that is quite important. Neurologically speaking, dreaming is about controlling signal-noise ratios. In awake mode, neural networks like ours learn when incoming data reinforces correct paths of the network. However, there is also a lesser global reinforcement effect. Though the signal gets stronger, so does the static. In dreaming mode, neural networks like ours generate random sense data signal to subtract from itself, counteracting the waking tendency to oversaturation with noise. The phenomena has been directly observed in artificial neural network models and the human evidence is very suggestive. Prolonged sleep deprivation elevates mood, eventually leading to mania and hyperactivity, and then hallucinatory madness before total function collapse. A completely saturated network contains no information, carries no signal. Excessive sleep, conversely, is associated with things like lack of energy, spontaneous motivation, depression, and dulled perception. Sure, why not? (laughs) I don't even know if I got all that. Well, and and, I mean, there's some stuff in there that like makes sense. It's again, it's like using actual science, but applying it in like a pseudoscience way. It's it's right. I think it's using science in a way that requires an adult. Um, 
And you, you feel like be... they've just touched science inappropriately? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, um, the, um, the, you know, the, the thing about the total function collapse with a lack of sleep and everything like that. Like, obviously, you can kind of enter a mania and everything like that. Like, there, there's there's science in there, but the way the science is applied is just uh, trying to fit like a, a round peg in a triangular hole. Very sus. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I've I've stayed up way too long before, and yeah, I've, I I you went get loopy. loopy. As you hell. Get, yeah, you get funny, though. Funny, loopy. Like that time we were in the other room talking about uh, something. You made a noise, and I said, Mike's brain is melted. I just hear, Mike, brain! Yeah. <laughs> and that it just out of nowhere, it was freaking hilarious. Well, I, I've got two more comments. Uh, not oh, as good. long as the other one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, dreams are a remaining connection with the immaterial world. It's why animals have them as well. It's why lucid dreams allow you to arbitrarily manifest and do whatever, something we used to be able to, uh, to do in the perceived physical world ages ago, and why it's always so hard to keep the memory connection of the immaterial upon waking. A lot of it's, people are using like parenthetical asides, and it's a pain in the ass to read those. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, this whole thing about uh, we used to be able to do this, is this, like, back to Atlantis and us losing our psychic powers because we nailed raptors? Probably. Probably. Okay. Just yeah. just wanted to get that in there. All right. Okay. Good now, here's know. a person responding to uh, someone who, who said something to the Mundukya Upanishad, but... um which is an Indian or a Hindu text, but um, he, here, here's his reply. This is what makes the most sense to me. Dreams are your soul leaving your body during deep sleep. Read detachment from the physical realm and exploring the physical or the spiritual realm. You see a combination of both earthly and unearthly things when dreaming, because even though your soul is in this otherworldly place, you are still tethered to your body. So some of that, what you experience is still grounded in that physical space. So it's like Doctor Strange shit. So like going into the astral plane. Yeah. Like Teleran Riyadh from the Wheel of Time. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. If you're going to go into the astral plane, you need to prepare yeah. for it, so bring some astral glide. Well, if yeah. you're going into the astral plane, be sure to note where the astral exits are at all times in case of a water landing. <laughs> Don't go in through the outdoor. Yes. I'm making a bunch of anal jokes. So, I I, yeah. I get that, and I'm trying to move past it <laughs> emotionally so, and realistically. Yeah, so, so that that's what I got from X. It's a it's a weird one. It's a weird one. That was that was. I'm glad he just knows how dreams work, so we don't have to. You know, and then someone mentions REM, and I'm like, well, it's the um, end of the world as we know it. Oh God damn it! Yeah. yeah. <sighs> So there you well, go. Night, <laughs> night swimming deserves a quiet night. Okay, so we got some questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to get some opinions on this. First one's from Ghostforge, as usual. And uh, I think this is interesting. Could the legend of Ragnarok and Fimbulwinter be a racial memory of the Ice Age? I like it. I think that's plausible. Yeah, I think that could be a lot of fun. It's also like the 
the biblical fu- uh, flood with Noah and the ark and how it may connect to like Babylonian folklore and everything like yeah, that. Just, yeah, it might yeah. be a cultural myth that has persisted. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Us dying because we fuck too loud. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's weird. No, you remember from the Anunnaki? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. But uh, what do you think, Mike? Do, do you um, feel like this could be like just legendary hand downs from uh, humanity during the Ice Age? I mean, I'm <laughs> sure all myth has some root in, uh, you know, something that happened. Sure. Um, I mean, generally, people don't just pull that shit out of thin air. Yeah, especially fair. the ones that stick around. They're they're handed down for a reason. Yeah. Um. So, I don't see why not. Hey, um, but it could also have just been a really really cold winter. You know, kind of like the Great Flood was probably just a you know widespread but not worldwide flood. Right. Like, I mean, seriously, I I feel like the Great Deluge was uh, glacial melting uh, into low-lying areas that have been occupied between Ice Ages. Or during Ice Ages, you know? I'm trying to remember if, like, I mixed up the the flood with the dividing river uh, river from Moses. Did I mix those two up? Nope, nope, you got it. Okay, okay. I'm a terrible Christian. Nope. Well, yes, but no. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, I'm glad we... And I firmly believe that that's possible. I don't see why that's not, you know... I like it. Yeah, same here. Good one, Ghostforge. Thank you. Now, Sam has a question, and uh, this is more our normal speed. Which cryptids are kinky motherfuckers? I think we've had this question before, haven't we've, we? We've had which is the sexiest, but this is kinky. Well, kinky is sexy. Well, well no. I mean, like, you know, there's the horny, and then there's the one that's into, the, like, the crazy shit. Uh, it's um, one and the same to me. Okay, that's fair. Well, uh, Holly said Krampus, and I'm kind of inclined to agree with, with the whips and the basket and the... The tongue. Oh, oh. The tongue. Well, you know, the, the grays are into the butt stuff. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess in today's day and age isn't really kinky anymore. It's kind of becoming vanilla. Well, yeah. at least chocolate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, All the jokes. Yeah. Well, Ghostforge also says uh, maybe the Jersey Devil or the Flatwoods Monster because the Flatwoods Monster might be into breath play. Mothman. Mothman? Yeah, Mothman. He's really into bridge collapsing. Well, it's certainly into screaming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just, you know. Now, Dusty CBT. Said, Mothman's into CBT. CBT? Yeah. Cognitive ball torture? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Cock and behavioral therapy. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Right. Well, Dusty said Spring-Heeled Jack, and I kind of agree that he's just more of a pervert. Yeah, he is. Yeah, nothing definitely. particularly kinky. Like, he he d- disrobes women, but... Yeah. He, he's he's a pervert and a, a sex pest. He, yes. He's no worse than a Girls Gone Wild video producer. Yeah. Uh, I would say sad. I would say he is, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Well, I don't know. I, I those those dudes are scumbags, up. too, so... 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of feel like, uh, I don't know. I really would go with Krampus, but like if I had to go with another one, um, I don't know. The Mantis Cuck. Well, now, which crypt is into sounding? Because that's my, that's my vote. Ooh, man. You know what? I'm going to go with Bigfoot on a, on no, a I think, Sunday. I think, I think Bigfoot's vanilla as hell. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, probably Forceful. I don't know that he's, like, really into kink. Sure. Um, probably wet and messy. Hmm. Yeah, we're, we're hmm. getting uh, into some dark territory here. Yeah, actually, I kind of feel like uh, if anybody's into wet and messy, it's going to be... Uh, you know, the Loveland Frogs, Enrique himself. <laughs> I mean, he's a frog, goddamn. I'm going to go with Enrique as the kinkiest cryptid, actually. He's probably into, like, a wide range of stuff that we can't even talk about on the show. <laughs> so, there. That's that's it. Enrique is the, the kinkiest cryptid. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We've got one other question. From Darth Plato, again from uh, Flag for Content. What kind of cryptid is slash was the queen, and why? Or even go in on the whole royal family. Now, now, now here's my question: the was did something happen to her? No, no, she's uh, fine. Okay, Everything's okay, fine. okay, okay. Queen, the fine. queen's good. Yep, yep. Not remotely dead at all. Just slightly <laughs> dead. Slightly. Likely. She's mostly, mostly dead. dead. Have fun storming the castle. She's 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 uh, taking a nap. I don't think America. Yeah, she's run down the curtain and joined the choir. Invisible. <laughs> she is an ex monarch. <laughs> uh, so okay, that is a good question though. Like, what kind of a cryptid is the royal family in general? I don't um, mean like the monsters where everybody's a different thing. I mean like you know they're all one something. Because eh. you know what I'm saying. No, I have no idea what you'd say. Lizard people. people. Yep. Lizard people. <laughs> We're both big fans of the Y files on YouTube now. So. Yeah, I've been enjoying that. Yeah, and uh, hecklefish being the best thing on YouTube at the moment. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going with the lizard people. I'm going to go with like, homunculi. <laughs> so you're saying that Prince Charles came out fully formed but small. Um, or, or at least every few months they like go and they take him and they add more mud and shit and straw and mold <laughs> him into, you know, a, a newer version to keep people, tra uh, you know. Wait, I think you have golems and homunculi mixed up. Oh, probably. Maybe they're homunculi golems. Yeah. Yes. Why not? Why not? Yeah, so they come out looking like themselves, but they just have to add mass every few months. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, take some away. Or, yeah. you know, leave them in the water too long to get the wrinkles. Yeah, that's true. Hey, does anybody else think the queen looks like at the end she should have sounded like the mom from Throw Mama from the Train? <laughs> Owen! <laughs> you know, we can't play this podcast in Britain right now because they're still in mourning. Uh, whatever. I'm not all of them. Yeah, I, I heard that it's basically shut down over there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mike, what what kind of cryptid do you think they are? Uh, um, inbred. Ooh. Wait, no, that's the truth. Yeah, no, we want we got um, something fun. Uh, they're gingerbread people because they're bread. <laughs> 
in bread. Mm-hmm. No, um, uh, vampires. Why not? That works. Cash vampires. They they suck Ca- the your- cash from. The British people again. That is that is truth and kind of kind of hitting close, but I'll take it. Yep. Uh, I also would have accepted werewolves. Mm, <laughs> that's too cool for them. Uh, maybe. Okay, were salamanders. Were homunculi. <laughs> At night they turn into homunculi. <laughs> By day they're. British as fuck. <laughs> you don't get much more British. I am kind of looking forward to seeing the coronation when it happens. I'm not going to lie. See see, uh, see Charles sit on the rock. I want to see him sit on the rock. I want to see... Well, they're not going to show him get his head anointed, but... Yeah, I, I heard that... I read a thing about the, there's a secret anointing ceremony well, I, I that read nobody about knows it. about it. I read about it, and peasant it's blood? basically... What's that? They, they anoint them with peasant blood? Yeah. <laughs> Probably, but uh, I read about it, and basically, it's just it's considered holy, and that the peasants shouldn't see it. Oh, don't let the peasants see! They'll. Oh, we must not <laughs> let the peasants see. The Church of England must remain mysterious. I don't know, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the coronation, just so I can see a man sit on a rock and have a hat put on him. <laughs> Yeah, and he'll only be king for about five years before they take him out, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people were saying uh, that this whole thing is a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and it's like, he's 75. (laughs) Unless you're going to die pretty soon. This is going to be a -a twice-in-a-lifetime thing for a lot of us, including Mm me. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, going to see that man get put in the ground. Well, we find out he's like his... uh uh, uncle and uh, or no, his, his great uncle and like he's been working with the Nazis the whole time. Like the oh Nazis my are God. back and he's working with them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, great. It turns out he's working with the skinheads. <laughs> it's uh, just we make bitchin' punk music. I mean, I mean, have you have you seen his hands? I heard That's about of, this. Yeah, yeah. Part of why I think he might be homunculi. Well, have you heard what Henry Zabrowski on last podcast and started calling him? Mm-mm. Chucky sausage fingers. Yeah, I mean, how does how does such an old and wrinkly man have such poofy? Wow, those things are so fat. I, I don't look he, that he, he up. He tied rubber around his wrist. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in the uh, host talk. Maybe he's like trying to do like the you know how you get like a, a medical glove and you blow into it like to make a little poofy hand. <laughs> That's what it maybe, looks like. Yeah, maybe he's doing I mean, that with well, his skin folds. Holy God, what the fuck? Yeah, no, his 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 hands are like inflated. He's got clown hands. Uh, okay, it's so like now, what Kurt got in now, uh, in the 2009 Star Trek. Now, now, see, I have a terrible, terrible question for you here. Okay. Okay, so we've seen Prince Charles's baloney hand. Okay. <laughs> yes. Do we recall Mitch McConnell's necrosis hand? Um, when oh. Mitch McConnell had that like purple, blackened, shriveled hand going on. Oh, Lich Finger. Yeah, Lich Finger. So, yeah. so here's the question. You have to have one of their fingers in your mouth. You can have oh, Charles's oh, oh, God. Or oh, I'm going to go for the sausage finger. fingers because I can pretend it's a Viena sausage. <laughs> God, I mean, look at the ring on his pinky. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, it's like... 
It's like somebody just inflated baby hands and attached them to a man. Now, I want our listeners to comment at, when they hear this episode which finger they would put in their mouth. They, they, they have to do it. Like, gun to your head. You have to put yeah. one of their fingers in your mouth. You which finger sausage or sausage hands? Yeah, it, it, it'd have to be sausage finger because lich finger would just leave, like, bits in your mouth. My God. <laughs> Again, oh, it was a horrible man. question. This is so... Like, I Gross. I didn't realize it was... Ugh. Yeah. Like, that is like late-stage diabetes. You about to die, son. <laughs> it looks like, like Chucky's hand from Child's Play. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Now, the thing is, Mike, I looked, it up, I looked up uh, King Charlie Sausage Mitts, and uh, <laughs> it actually came up with a close-up from this picture. Yeah. And it is like way worse up close without him because it just looks like somebody put a baby in a suit. Right, but the baby also is very wrinkly as well, which is very disturbing. Yeah, yeah it's like his face is wrinkly, but the hands are so puffy and smooth. It's like this this is not the same. He stole those hands from someone. Yes. I don't know who, but he stole them. Well, probably from a baby. Like a big uh, yeah, baby. Probably a baby. There's an article that just says... No, those are, that would be a big baby. There's an article that just says, minute. what's wrong with them damn fingers? Wait a minute. <laughs> he is a homunculus. He is. He's, oh, That's God. the hands of a homunculus. Well, you know, here's the thing. Lizards aren't naturally supposed to be very moist, so I think it's just collected water. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like... There's an article in the New York Post, Butcher Trolls King Charles by selling his, quote, sausage fingers. <laughs> and there's doctors speculate over the cause of King Charles' swollen sausage fingers. Uh, it's just, I'm looking at this photo of him with his little tiny stubby little fingers, like, together, and it's like, oh, they're so precious. Yeah, it's like... It's like Dr. Evil going wrong. Yeah, it's like if you took Minnie-Me's fingers and put them on Dr. Evil. <laughs> I love I love yeah. yeah. I love this uh okay. Dr. Gareth Nye, senior lecturer at the University of Chester, chimed in on what could actually be going on with the King's bright red hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Edema or fluid retention is the most likely. So yeah, it is water. You know, we're not going to be doing very well in Britain right now, at least we're with the royal not. family. Yeah, well, if they're listening to us, good on them. But, uh, we are not amused. Oh, wait, no, she's dead. She's dead. Yes, yes. I'm not amused. There. Was she ever amused? Um, didn't she do, like, some, like, cameos in movies in the later years? Don't know. I don't know. I don't she watch horses. a lot of movies. I don't watch the kind of movies that the Queen of England would have appeared in. Well, those movies had, um, you know, people in blackface. So. Ooh. So Australian films. Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. Now that we've offended the entire Commonwealth, I guess it's time to end. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and for your patience. We're, uh, we're all on the mend. So, yeah, that'll be great. David, what have we got coming next week? Are we tackling your subject? Yeah, I think I'm going to be able to get the uh, the episode line. I know that, like, uh, what what was it, Tuesday we recorded a um, Supernatural Sources where we kind of outlined and, some stuff going on. 
and that'll be going up this weekend. So yeah. So one thing I want to talk about is that like I am again I tend to do multi parters because that's just the way I am. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm not going to try to do like consecutive multi parters anymore. It's like you know come back and revisit something. So all right. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a good idea. And we're gonna I've got a few ideas, and there's one idea that Mike gave me. Uh, a while back, and I completely forgot about it, and I want to do this, uh, I want to talk about the field ufology, specifically the fact that all of them hate each other. Because <clears throat> I just think that'd be kind of fun. <clears throat> so, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll be dealing with your episode next week, and then after that, another Weekend Weird, and then we'll come to mine about Mr. Ingo Swan, which... If you don't know who he is, you're going to find out. So, uh, that being said, again, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out everything related to the podcast on supernatpod.rocks and find us on Twitter at supernatpod. Uh, David is on Twitter at hpcomic, h-p-k-o-m-i-c. And you can find a link to everything he does there. Uh, Mike is here every week with us when he is not dying of the plague. Well, you know, hopefully that's not again. Yeah, hope soon. to. Yeah, no. Yeah, hope. And I hope, wasn't dying. It was yeah. very tolerable. Yeah. So uh, anyway, thanks again, and we will see you guys next week. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Have a nice day. Or don't. See if we care. I do care. You do? Somewhat. Are they going to bury the queen with her horses? I I thought they were going to bury her with her corgis. You know, I thought that too. (laughs) Just dumping a bunch of corgis into a tomb. (laughs) No dirt. Just nothing but corgis.